Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. So we've got actors back. I'm so excited. For this week, I have Peter Fascinelli and Thomas Ian Nicholas. So Peter Fascinelli, oh my gosh, what can I even say about Peter Fascinelli? I mean, I have, gosh, grown up watching this guy on television, in movies, and oh, don't worry, I bring all of this up. I can be so embarrassing sometimes. You guys know that. I am basically an interviewer, but I am also a huge fan of almost everyone I interview. So Peter Fascinelli, he's promoting a movie, On Fire, which he will tell you about, but he drops some gems. I mean, we talk all about Can't Hardly Wait and what followed for him after that. And he he talks about what happened in his career following that movie, and it was just really interesting. And and then I have Thomas Ian Nicholas. Okay, hello. So cute. He is, gosh, so well known for Rookie of the Year and obviously the American Pie movies, but he also is in a band that just got signed and he's promoting a new show that he actually executive produced called Underdeveloped and that's on Tubi and Amazon and loved talking to him. He actually has a 12-year-old son who is doing some acting as well. I had no idea. I mean, maybe I should, but I did not. But anyway, I'm going to play these interviews back to back. I might have a commercial break in between. But guys, trust me, you are going to love these two. And I am just so excited that I can interview actors again and we can talk about movies and promote them. And yeah, it's just, it's a great feeling. So, okay. I will start with Peter Fascinelli followed by Thomas Ian Nicholas. Hey Lauren, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm trying to wake up. My brain is just starting to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get it. We do these interviews with people on West Coast time all the all the time, and I feel so bad for them. I've had like my second cup of coffee um, because it's nine thirty in New York, yeah. but I will I will give you some leeway, Peter. Okay, thanks. <laughs> of course, I, mean, I um, should be woken up at like my fourth interview, so like you think I would I would be woken up by now? But I'm getting there. I'm you getting said there. this is your fourth interview. Yeah, <laughs> I slept through the first three. So you're <laughs> See funny. How this one goes. <laughs> well, I was also going to ask you. You know, you have a, a toddler now, which is is pretty new because your girls are older. So I was going to say, don't you get woken up by your toddler pretty early on on a regular occasion, or is is, is he a great sleeper? I do. No, he 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 likes to wake up early too. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm perpetually tired. <laughs> Sometimes I just fall asleep <laughs> while people are talking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's so cute, so it's worth it. And I mean, I hate to say this, but like my five-year-old, my boy, my daughter never did this. I'm sure your daughters probably didn't do this either. So you're like, wow, boys are so different. But he still like comes in our bed and wants to party in the middle of the night, and it's really weird. Uh, I, I don't encourage this. So, <laughs> so yeah, but you know, my daughters, 
yeah, they would jump in the bed. He's kind of independent. He likes his own crib, which is kind of nice. That's great. So, uh, well, he likes good. to put back down at his bed. He's got the big, like the fluffiest cheeks, though. You know, the baby <laughs> cheeks that you just want to yes. kiss, and they're just so jelloy. <laughs> and you're just yes. like, oh, I hope he doesn't grow out of this phase yet because these cheeks are the best to kiss. <laughs> oh, I know. You're making me like kind of wish I had. Nope, not. I don't wish I had another one. Um, but yeah, <laughs> when you talk like that, I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, you're like maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Then all well, of a sudden diapers start going back. All the, the, the screaming and the crying led yeah. back into your head. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking more like that and then traveling with like the pack and play and like all the liquids and the bullshit. I'm like, I don't, oh, I don't think God. I could. Yeah, that's bad. Um, I just not bad. in New York. I was like a Sherpa. You're yes. like a Sherpa. Like literally is like three suitcases I'm carrying around with like, you know, car seat on your back, strapped on your back. I'm like, you have inhuman strength all of a sudden when you have a baby like you're like i I didn't know i could carry so much Mm, you just actually you nailed it i just got um i just got chills and not the good kind um of you talking like (laughs) all of a sudden my husband and i are screaming at each other for forgetting you know one thing out of a thousand things that we had to remember so yeah 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 (laughs) good times um so peter the last time those cheeks make everything worth it you gotta have another one now yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, the last time I spoke to you, um, this was gosh, 2020. Uh, we were talking over zoom over video actually, um, about your film, the vanished, which I loved. And, um, you know, I, I remember, um, I did an interview with you and then I spoke to Anne and Thomas Jane after, and, um, yeah, my, I remember thinking my interview with Anne, it was, she was a doll, right? She was so friendly and so nice, but something just struck me as, um, it, it was just a little off. I can't put my finger on it. Um, and then, you know, when I heard the news that she passed away and how tragic she, the, the way she passed away, I was just like, I don't want to say that I, I wasn't shocked because that would sound awful, mm-hmm. But I guess I was just like, oh, wow. And it just, it got me thinking. Um, and I, I've always been a fan of Anne. I think she did an incredible job in that movie. I thought that movie, The Vanished, was, was amazing. Yeah. I told everyone to watch it. But, um, you know, I'm sure, were you surprised when you heard the news of her death? It was not, I was so blessed to have worked with her. And mm. it, it, that one hit me hard because she's such an unfiltered soul that, you know, (laughs) she just beats her own drum and she's either unfiltered and says what she, you know, means. And, and that could be taken aback by a lot of people. Like, cause she's just, she is, she's her, you know, she's Anne Mm. and she's, she's just a live wire, you know? Mm. And, uh, and so it was just, I think I was more really punched in the gut on that one because I just didn't expect it because I really thought she would pull through um, I know she was in the hospital for a couple of days and I was like, you know what? She's strong. She's going to be okay. And then she wasn't. And, and, uh, and that one hit hard. Yeah. That's actually, it's interesting you say that. I think we all thought that, um, I actually reported on it. Um, uh, I believe on Fox and I was saying like, no, everybody, all the sources that are coming from Anne are saying she's going to make a full recovery. So I think a lot of us were like, she'll yeah. be fine. This is just Anne getting in a, into an accident, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, I think most of us were like, wait, 
what? So, um, but you, you nailed it. She, she is a free spirit or she was a free spirit. And you are so right as an interviewer. It's, it was almost refreshing, right. To hear her, her speak the way she spoke. And I was just like, wow, I have, I have never heard anything like this before, but I'm here for it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, now tell me about this movie on fire, because this looks great. And I know that you were actually fighting for the actors to get streaming residuals before the strike was over. Yeah, we had the producers sign the interim agreement. So the producers had signed off on everything that uh, SAG was after was asking for, which was really wonderful to show the bigger studios that, hey, this is possible. So now that interim agreement will get reverted to whatever agreement they cut with the studios now, which mm. um, I don't know how far off it was with what we signed, but it'll get reverted to, um, to this contract, which is great because it'll – our movie will now fall under the new contract, uh, which I, which I fought for, which was really nice. Um, but, but as far as the film, yeah, I play a dad who's, who's, uh, going through this one night of a harrowing experience with his family, you know, trapped in a wildfire. And, and, and it's such a poignant story. When I got the script, it was, it was in the news and like uh, every other week that seemed to be like a fire. And I thought, you know, this is a movie that's based on true events and, and kind of shows what the victims of these fires go through. And, uh, you know, not an easy watch all the time, but, but a movie that keeps you on the edge of your seat and a movie that kind of is inspirational. You know, a lot of ways it, it, it gives tribute to firefighters, gives tribute to 911 operators. It um, really shows a family at its core coming together to overcome something. So it's a great movie to watch around Thanksgiving, you know, you're sitting around mm-hmm. with your family and it's yeah. a family. This is a, another family that you're watching that's uh, coming together to, to get through something. And, and, it, and it just shows you like they're this family. When you start out with them, they, you know, their dad's got bills and the son's trying to get into college and they have all these issues mm-hmm. that become uh, small anthills compared to having to survive the night. And, and then watching this family come together is, is really beautiful to watch because each one of them has their own kind of heroic uh, moments in the film and they, they, they kind of rely on each other and that's what family is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you put that so beautifully and I think you put that in perspective for a lot of people. It's like, you know, one minute, Peter, we're like stressed about our bills. I'm stressed about something, you know, that's happening at my kid's school. I don't know, whatever. And then the next minute you're like, wait, we're fighting for our life. So what, what is actually important here? (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. When, I, when I watch that movie, it's, you get a lot of takeaways from it, but that's one thing I take away from it at the end of the film. I'm like, oh, if you have family, you have everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And where can people watch it? Is it in theaters? Is it streaming right now? We, we were in theaters. Now we're going to streaming. So we're going VOD, which is like Apple iTunes mm-hmm. and Amazon and um, any any cable company that you can rent movies on. Um, Love it. Pretty much anywhere you can rent a movie or buy a movie, it'll be out. Um, so check okay. it out. When it comes out this Tuesday. Oh, great. Okay. So, uh, okay. This Tuesday, which is... Um, I'm so bad. Yeah, the 14th. Tomorrow, actually. Yeah, yeah, November tomorrow. 14th. <laughs> Yes, yeah. November 14th. Okay, <laughs> streaming. Okay, this is great. I will I will have plans. Um, this is super random, but it's like fresh on my brain. I just watched the movie Fresh with Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. Did you see that by any chance? 
You didn't. No, I haven't no. seen it. What's there to Uh, well, I don't know if you need like a date night movie. But I don't know what you and your wife are into. Um, this yeah. someone just told me to watch it, but they did not tell me what it was about. And it's a thriller, and it's pretty sick. Okay. Yeah, like it's okay. it's. I don't want to tell you anything else, um, but it just popped into my mind. Like, I'm just wondering if other because I had never heard of this movie, and it has a great cast, and it was it was good if you can handle some some real twisted stuff, Peter. I'm telling you, very twisted. Um, okay. And I don't want to tell you anything else, but I don't think you should watch the preview before you guys watch it. You should just grab your wife, get a glass of wine or whatever, bowl of popcorn, and um, just buckle up. Um, but. Yeah, I want to... You're in? Are you in? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Okay, all right, good. Um, So I I wanted to ask you as well. I mean, you've you've played some, gosh, some wonderful and very memorable characters. I mean, obviously the Twilight franchise, Nurse Jackie, and then, you know, my personal favorite, you were Mike Dexter and can't hardly wait. Um, Would you say Mike Dexter changed your life? Wow, I, I, that should be the title of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Jackson changed my life. <laughs> I don't know if he changed my life, but it was a fun role to play. <laughs> I, I don't know if any role, I guess if any role changed my life, it would have to be the Twilight movies, because that, that movie kind of, you know, was it just kind of hit the zeitgeist and was uh, a movie that, was a world known. Like I remember being in Thailand and somebody came up to me and was like, you're in play, you play Carlisle and Twilight. I was on the other side of the world and people yeah. knew that movie, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, wait for sure. I mean, that was my first studio movie and I don't, I don't know if I knew what to expect. I mean, it, it was, uh, it came out in theaters and a lot of people went to see it and I was getting a lot of offers, uh, you know, from, from that film. So I guess it definitely helps jumpstart my career. Cause I'd done a couple of indies before that, but, mm. uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got offered, uh, she's all that after that movie, but I didn't take it. Cause I was like, Oh, I should have took it, <laughs> but I didn't take oh, it. Cause, oh, wow. uh, cause I thought, you know, cause it was for the Paul Walker role and she's all that. And I was like, you know, I just played this kind of jerky jog. I don't want to play another jerky jog. Yes. Uh, but that movie was iconic too. So, uh, I should have took that role. <laughs> no, but I, I get that. I totally get what you're saying. And, and that's what I meant. I didn't mean like Mike Dexter is this deep character that, you know, is, I just meant like you were, I mean, you were incredible. You were this, this, uh, this douchebag, so to speak, but you know, everybody watches that movie and you love Mike Dexter. You love Mike Dexter. You just, you can't help it. You do. And, um, and, and you do that yeah. so beautifully. You are so nuanced in, in this way of like playing this, this a-hole, but like also making him very lovable after. And so that's, I guess what I meant, like, did it open so many doors and clearly you're getting offered roles and, and she's all that and, um, and beyond, which is, that's yeah. a, a great piece of information. Wow. Yeah, you know it's funny about uh, Can't Hardly Wait. I remember I did when I when I did the movie. It was um, you know I showed up the first day and I I played Mike Dexter the way I kind of played him, and then the directors called me into their office and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna reshoot the the first day of work. We kind of want you to just play it just straight, like you know, don't don't add any kind of comedy. Just play it straight." And I and I was kind of bummed out because I thought you know it, it kind of felt like. 
it lost a lot of layers that way, and it would have mm. been more like the Karate Kid nemesis, just like the guy mm. you hated, you know? Yeah. Um, and and so I went home, and I was bummed. I was trying to figure out what to do with the character because I had come up with, like, the idea of the way I wanted to play him. And then, like, two days later, I, I was about to go back to work because uh, I had, like, two days off, and they said, hey, we, we cut together that first scene. Forget about what we said. Just keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what you were doing. And I was like, oh, thanks. I was so grateful that I was able to play it that way. Because Mike Dexter became more of a beloved character, like yes. a character that you could love to hate mm-hmm. and kind of laugh at. And, and it's fun to kind of poke fun at him. And and then when he, at the end of the movie, when he, when he's like, you see him with his mask off, it, 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 it hurts even worse to watch yeah. him kind of when he's, you know, when it, when his armor falls off and he's mm. kind of, uh, you get to see the true him. Uh, and then he scrambles and puts it back on, you know, because he's afraid to, for people to see who he is. But, but I was grateful that I was able to play that role in that way because, because like you said, people really like to, to hate him. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, and it made him more fun to watch. Because if I just would have played him straight and then mm-hmm. he became like the jerky jock that is just, you know, one note of uh, yes. you hate him and it wouldn't have been as much fun. Yes, that's exactly. I mean, exactly. I can't even imagine um, thinking of Mike Dexter just being a, a total jerk. And I always wanted to ask you, I mean, because I know a lot of actors, they ad lib and they do their own thing sometimes. Was it written um, for you to say that at the end, the Amanda, or did you kind of do that yourself? Like, how did that work? Because that is iconic. No, I I added that. I don't even know where it came from. It's just kind of... <laughs> the line was, who's going to want you now, Amanda? And it just... I didn't even understand how to play it. So I just kind of made fun of her name. You know? oh, and then my it gosh. became like every gosh. girl named Amanda was like, you ruined my life. Because everybody's <laughs> like, who's going to want you now, Amanda? <laughs> that was genius. What are you? I'm literally shook. That was so genius. Was everybody on set dying, like not expecting that at all? Yeah, no, I don't think anybody expected, but it was, <laughs> I think it was, uh, yeah, people laughed later. Because <laughs> it, it was a serious moment, you know, in the movie. Yeah. But when he says that, like, everybody's kind of looking at him like he's the idiot. So he's trying to make her look foolish, but then everybody's <laughs> looking at him like he's an idiot. So, like, <laughs> so it just kind of worked with everything. But, yeah, it wasn't written that way. I just kind of said it. And then, wow. and then a wow. lot of people named Amanda got their life ruined <laughs> I mean I was gonna say 25 years later I think that movie was 98 I, like I still say it I know many people many right. millennials Peter that still say Amanda so yeah I would say you did kind yeah. of ruin the name Amanda <laughs> <laughs> I mean I wish we could do a sequel of that movie I've been we've been talking about it that would be great to see like the, the class reunion of 98 right Oh my gosh. Let's put that into the universe. Can we do that? Put that in there? I mean, or put that out there? That would be so sick. Oh my gosh. Uh, Netflix, if you're listening, let's let's make Can't Hardly Wait for the reunion. I mean, that's, (laughs) I feel like that is like, that's what's happening right now, right? All these reboots, Say by the Bell. I mean, Full House, like this is one of those iconic films that should be, uh, wow. I'm going to throw this out there. This is really interesting. I I, I do love this. Well, um, Peter Fasanelli, you are just such a lovely man. Oh my gosh. I've had such a blast speaking to you. Uh, 
Well, thanks for waking me up. I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like a cup of coffee to me at this point. Thank you. Oh, good. And, you know, we I laughed, always just, We cried. We did. <laughs> Um, I just want to ask you at the end, I usually ask people this. Is there anything that you just, you want to put out there that people might not know about you or anything else that you want to plug in general? Um, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> we, we've had six months of a strike, so there's not much that's been going on. I had a lot of Zumba classes that I was doing and, you know, racquetball playing. I'm yeah. glad to go back to work now. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Peter Fascinelli. Everyone, check out his movie on streaming November 14th on Fire. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. (laughs) No one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I am so good now that I'm talking to you. Oh my gosh, listen to me. I'm giggling like a schoolgirl. Make it stop. Make it stop. I'm a big I'm very, fan. I'm very flattered with you. Are you? You're not creeped out? No, no. I mean, you you know, I'm I'm flattered that anyone would, would care enough to be excited to talk to me. So thank oh, you for that. Oh my gosh. Well, I've been waiting, to be honest. Um you know, you, uh, you've had a few tours scheduled and I think something has come up where they've had to, um, get canceled. And I've been so disappointed just because, you know, I've been a fan of you since obviously Henry Rowan Gardner. And now my children are obsessed with that movie, which is so crazy. So crazy to me that now my kids request to watch you. Um, but I, I enjoy telling them how multi-talented you are, how, you know, you are still an incredibly successful actor, but you also pursue music as well. So tell me everything that's going on in your life. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, obviously the show, my new TV show, Underdeveloped, um, is streaming now on Amazon Prime, Freebie, and Tubi. Mm. Um, and so I'm not only starring in that and acting alongside Tom Arnold and David Koechner, but I'm one of the uh, three executive producers. Oh, so wow. I'm, I'm sort, of, sort of the boss as well. Um, oh. And then, yeah, as far as my music career, um, after uh, a thousand shows, uh, six albums, and 15 years of touring, uh, I just signed my first, very first record deal. So my wow. seventh album released in the middle of May. Uh, I'm heading to England. I'm in New York right now uh, in Long Island. I just played a show last night, and I'm heading to England for five shows. Wow. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. Where in Long Island? I'm in Manhattan, so just wondering. 
Uh, I am in Plainview. Uh, last oh. time I played in Best Page at oh, a yeah. bar called Nostalgia. Wow. That's so interesting. That's so much fun. Congratulations on signing. That's crazy. I didn't realize that um, you guys were indie. That's so cool. Yeah, it's been a, a long time of just doing it by ourselves, for sure. <laughs> I get that. And, um, you know, I I saw this show underdeveloped on Amazon the other day. And it's so crazy because with the strike and with nobody being able to promote anything, it is really interesting what I was able to find and, and other people have been able to discover themselves, but it was kind of sad. You were like, wait a minute, this is a really good cast. I mean, this looks like a really good show and I had never even heard one word about it. So I really hope that now, um, you know, with the strike being over and, and you guys doing promotions again, that, you know, you can start just really blasting that marketing message, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that the whole, just the pilot is on Freebie and Prime, but the whole season is on Tubi. So okay. All, all episodes. And from what I understand, the show has done well enough that we already got our first offer for a second season. We're just kind of figuring out the semantics of that and like working yeah. out how many episodes they want and if the budget's going to float and, and just trying to, to work that all out. But that's a good sign. That means that, you know, it, it has been at least watched by by someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, look, Tom Arnold, I think he's a genius. I I am fascinated by him. I mean, I is he like, is he just like amazing to work with? Please, please say yes. Because like I said, I really I admire him so very much. Well, the best part about Tom is that he's very talented. He's super funny, but he's also like he's still like a real person and just a nice guy. I worked with Tom like 20 years ago and we've stayed in touch for 20 years. And even when he wasn't available to, you know, if I, if I sent like something his way or an invite to anything, he would always, always answer me. And that just says so much about him as a person. Cause like in today's day and age, the new way of telling someone no is to just ghost them. And I've gotten so used to being ghosted that I'm like, I'll just keep on asking until someone, you know, gets back to me. And it's like, once you can get them to even tell you no, you can turn a no into a yes. And everyone knows that. (laughs) Just don't talk to you. So like the actual no is ghosting. But Tom, like when I sent him the script for Underdeveloped, he, you know, he read it and he goes, I understand this character. And yes, I want to be a part of it. And just like, he's just a great person. I, I love Tom. Wow. I mean, I, yeah. I remember um, he had been one of the people that tried to get Chris Farley to go to rehab. That's like another topic, but I always just thought that was, that was just really admirable. Like he tried and tried and tried and, and yeah. And then the other thing, like, wait, what the hell? Thomas Ian Nicholas gets ghosted. That, that should not happen. I don't like that. Um, that is a, that is a weird statement that I, I did not expect to hear that, but I know what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. People just don't answer anymore and it's super rude. Um, but gosh, Everybody is wondering um, about American Pie and you guys doing some kind of reunion. Is that possibly on the table? Um, I mean, Universal was circling around the idea. Um, so back when, like, so my son is following in my footsteps and acting. He actually plays Tom Arnold's son on the show, Underdeveloped. Uh, and a couple oh. years ago, when he, had, he was the main kid in M. Night Shyamalan's movie, Old, 
And so when we were at the premiere in New York, I ran into, you know, the president and chairwoman of, of Universal, and they were telling me that they were moving forward on American Pie 5. I just don't think that they came to terms with, you know, the producers and the, and the, and the creators. So they're circling the idea, but there's nothing officially happening yet. Darn. Okay. All right. I mean, I, that's, I think that's what I recall. Like somehow there was some buzz about it and then it went away. And that's always just such a bummer when internally they can't agree because I mean, let me just say the demand is there. This world is full of millennials. I mean, I snuck into the movie theater in seventh or eighth grade to see the first American Pie. I remember that vividly. How weird is that? I mean, like, cause my mom is like, you're not seeing that. I'm not taking you to see that. And, um, and I snuck in and yeah, I'm, I'm decades later, I am still talking about that. But, um, that is actually very cool about your son. I'm actually looking him up now. How old is he? Uh, he just turned 12. Oh, wow. Age for a, uh, long awaited sequel of rookie of the year. So Disney, if you're listening, I think my son can play Henry's son and we can do a long-awaited sequel of Rookie of the Year. Oh my gosh. That would make everybody's life complete. Are you kidding me? That would be uh, one of the best things I think a millennial could hear, literally ever. You're so right. I love it. Wow. Um, I mean, I would say that was the movie that really uh, changed your life, right? For sure. That was my first, you know lead role in a studio picture mm. back when I was 12. So yeah, that, that definitely was a, a big, a big turning point for me in my, in my 37 year career. Wow. Is it so crazy to say that a 37 year career? That is kind of crazy. It, it's pretty crazy. I, I, I just did the math on a, a, a previous interview and I was like, Oh my gosh, am I going to make myself feel old here? But <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I'm, I'm 43, but I don't even feel older than like late twenties really. So age is just a state of mind, right? Yeah, I was, I agree. And that's actually, it's funny you say that. I, I kind of think of you as, as late twenties. There's certain people in my head that just don't really age beyond, um, a movie that I, I, I love them. in. like, I was interviewing Peter Fascinelli as well. And I'm like, yeah, you haven't aged since Mike Dexter can't hardly wait. Like, that's how I always think of him. So, um, and that's, you know, that's how I think of you. And also, uh, I really commend you. I really, I, I respect you so much, Thomas, because like you just said, you've been in the public eye for 37 years and you have managed to just live a wonderful life that, um, I don't know how to to put this eloquently, but a, a lot of uh, actors who start as a child, they really have trouble and it's not their fault. It's just, it's what, it just kind of comes with the territory. So I think that's incredible. Well, I think there's, there's a lot of different moments where I had decisions to make on what my reaction would be to those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, like when I was doing Rookie of the Year, I remember we were doing press in New York and during the press tour, you just like the world is your oyster. It's like anything you want, fly first class, you know, stay at a five-star hotel. Here's a limousine picking you up. Oh, you have a day off. What do you want to do? Here's tickets to, you know, a Broadway show, just like Mm -hmm. the world's your oyster. And it's, it's very like, um, 
I don't know, it, it kind of, it messes with you a little bit because I came yeah. from very humble beginnings. So to have that kind of treatment was astounding. So, but I remember like being, my mom and I, we were at the restaurant. So we go to order breakfast, which is going to be paid for by the studio. But we see that like locks and bagels is like $65 at the Ritz Carl. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're like order one and, and split it. Cause we're like, yeah. that's just, like even like, and so like, that was always my mentality is to just appreciate what I had. And I remember after the, the promotion tour was done, I felt like very close with the, you know, producer of the show. But then mm-hmm. after that, when he didn't need me for anything, yep, it wasn't the same relationship. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, I had a decision to be like, to, I could either decide like, Oh, this is how life is now. And this is how I deserve to be treated. You know, I'm amazing. And this, that, and the other versus, yeah okay, that was a crazy time and now it's back to reality. And yeah. that's sort of the decision that I made. And I think, you know, the, I, I give a lot of credit to my mom for keeping my feet on the ground during that experience and coming out of that, you know, five-star, you know, first-class moment and getting back to, like, our one-bedroom apartment and, you know, moving on and, like, okay, now we're back to norm- normal life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think, um, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I I said, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think there's moments like that where I had a choice to either feel like, Oh, this is how life is going to be now or, okay, Mm -hmm. that was a crazy. So I don't know if it makes sense that I like, I chose the other way of just seeing it as a, as an experience as this like summer camp, you know, <laughs> sort of like, yes. And, and now that's over. And now I'm back to like, uh, you know, doing the dishes and taking out the trash. You know what I mean? I mean, I think a lot of people are, are going to be really happy to hear that. And just so I can, I can get this timeline. How old were you when you were out doing press for rookie of the year? Um, the film came out right as I was like, about to turn 13. So I was oh. still 12 okay. at the time, like, but, but turning, but about this, cause the film came out, I think July, I want to say seventh or something like that. 1993. Mm. My birthday's on the 10th. So it was right around that, that time period. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, everything you said is, I mean, I loved hearing it and it, it made me think of, you know, I did a, a piece a while ago, a feature on Brad Renfro and something that was very much missing from his life uh, were parental figures. And he had been kind of shuffled off to live with his grandma. And so when he was doing press tours, like for the client or, you know, whatever, and he's like almost the same age as you, he's doing whatever the hell he wants. He can get whatever drugs he wants. And it sounds like, you know, you had an amazing mother by your side. He's like, hey, babe, don't go for that locks because that will make you like kind of yeah, like you'll expect that in life. And, you know, and, and poor Brad Renfro, on the other hand, he just had exactly the opposite. But, um, yeah, I think having solid parents makes a huge difference as well. Well, it's the idea that, like, when you're in a position where you can have anything you want, are you going to take it all? Yeah. Meaning, meaning that, like, the, the menu, if, if locks and bagels, one order was $65, if we had both ordered them ourselves, the studio would have paid for it. No problem. Of course. But we didn't choose to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you always have a decision, I think, in any sort of moment where you can choose to take full advantage of, of any given moment. Or you can be like, oh, this is great. 
but I only need this much or that's too much. Mm. I, 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 I don't know. There's just something about like that moment. And it's such a small thing, like just ordering one meal to split versus ordering two that we could have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. You guys are good people. Like you're, you, it's, I don't know how else to say it. You are, uh, you have a conscience, you're good people. And that is, I hate to say it now, but in 2023, I'm finding that it's really rare to find good people. So um, it was such a pleasure talking with you, Ian, or Thomas, I'm sorry. I, I just got nervous. Um, it was such a pleasure talking with you. Uh, I really, I can't say enough wonderful things about you. And I'm going to tell everybody about this show, Underdeveloped. I mean, congratulations on that and on your band and everything else you're doing in life. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. And I'm, I'm glad that we finally coordinated our schedules to, to, to be able to talk and that I didn't me reschedule too. again. Man, how great were those guys? I'm just, I'm very excited that you all got to hear what they had to say. And those little tidbits they dropped, just like Peter Fascinelli turning down the um, Paul Walker character in She's All That. I mean, I I am a huge fan of Paul Walker. I love him and I, I still love him. Um, I Gosh, I that his death is so tragic. But yeah, imagine if Peter Fascinelli played that role. I mean, he was on this trajectory of playing douchebag a-holes and and I mean, his character in Nurse Jackie, if you watch that, he was kind of more like Mike Dexter, an innocent douchebag. I, anyway, um, and Thomas Ian Nicholas, I'm definitely going to watch that sitcom or series because I need a new show and I love the cast. But anyway, thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple and I will be back with another episode next week. <laughs>